Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Wonderful. Welcome to Wonderful. It's a show where we talk about things that's good, that we like, that we're into. And Rachel and I are celebrating a little anniversary of our own, not our 10-year wedding anniversary. That one's coming up. It's coming in up. In a few months, which is bonkers. A decade? For real? For us, it's our one-year anniversary here in Washington, D.C. And yeah. I just want to say, I feel first of all, thank you. Thank you, DC, for that lovely uh, gift that you sent us, acknowledging our one year. It was a jam basket. A jam basket. A basket of jams, not in individual jars, just a basket of loose jams (laughs) sort of seeping. And the bees, folks, there were so many of them. Jams chosen by our our local representative. Yes. uh, And our alderman. I'm still, (laughs) we've been here for a year. I still don't understand how fucking the government works. Because it's not, it's not real. We don't have a real government. Because we haven't quite decided, like, which type of thing we are yet. Um, sort well, of a, I think we know we want to be a state. Absolutely. We'd love to be a state. But we're not. Yeah. And so we just kind of change things year to year. I've been learning a lot about my local tax liability. Uh, and it's fucking pretty wild that we don't get votes in the Senate and, and the House for, um, anyway, we could go on and on. Like, <laughs> Listen to us. We Listen, sound like one locals. Year, we're already here. Um, and just thank thank you all. We did just get back from Austin. And just thank you to Austin for the basket that you sent us, which uh, just full of queso. That was awesome, too. We liked both of those. <laughs> um, jam and queso. Do you think there's something there? No. Okay. Do you have a small wonder? Oh, man. Uh, I will say, like, the... When we went to Austin, yes, we stayed in an Airbnb, yes, that had like this little above ground pool that wasn't a pool but was a pool. Yes, uh, it was like the size of a walk-in closet, uh, and it was smaller in depth than our six-year-old. There's a um, there's a specific set of people who will understand this reference because it really is a perfect reference point. It is it was a baptismal pool. It was the exact <laughs> dimensions of a baptismal pool, waist high, long enough to sort of dunk backwards in or be dunked backwards in. Um, it was exactly that size, which is perfect for kids. Yeah, I mean that was what was great. Our our six year old still uh, is not a proficient swimmer, and so he was not excited. Last like that. Well, damn. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't like the water very much. Um, but he was able to just stand in there and feel pretty secure. Yeah, uh, which is nice as a parent. It's like, yeah. oh, good. You never had the experience of going to church, and they had a, at our church the baptismal pool was like behind the stage, for lack of a better term, and it was like elevated, so like you could see when people went in there and got their got their dunk on. Um, Wait, it was clear? You could see them go under? Yeah, it was clear. Uh, it was like a clear wall. Okay. Well, I just... Okay, so, wow. Okay, sorry. I have to say that my the robot that lives in my watch thought I said it inspired Michael Jordan and took the dunk to another level. <laughs> anyway, it was always like you would see it and be like, they get to swim and I don't. You only get to swim once in that pool. And that's so messed up. Anyway... <laughs> Um, yes, it was a great little pool. I liked it a lot. What's your small wonder? Uh, I don't know if we're ready to talk about Love After Divorce yet. The new Netflix South Korean. I don't know if we are either because I don't think we've really decided if we like it. 
It is a weird one. It's every episode is very long. It's a new. Well, it's not new. It's been on in South Korea apparently for four seasons, but this is the first one that's come to America on Netflix. Uh, and it's just a bunch of divorcees that live in a house together and fought. stop me if you've heard this one before, folks. Well, the divorcee angle is kind of new, although there were a few in Love Village. Well, and there's all these like weird things. Like we just learned last night about the gimmick where you only learn certain facts yes. at certain points. You are forbidden from revealing a set of personal details like your age, where you live, uh, the reason for your divorce, number and of kids. number of kids, yes. Uh, and at any given point during the run of the show, they will give you an opportunity to reveal pieces of information. Yes. Uh, and so the episode we watched last night was just people talking about the reasons for their divorce. Yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> uh, fun icebreaker stuff. Yeah, I don't know if I if we like it yet. The vibe is pretty good. The vibe's pretty good. Um, they do make a meal out of every little fucking thing, which drives me wild. There um, is a, the very first episode. There is a like uh, like a C shaped couch situation. Yeah, and each person that comes in chooses a place to sit, and it is discussed at length by the panel about where each person chooses to sit and what it means about their potential attraction to other people in the house. It's fucking wild. <laughs> Every time, anytime anyone sits down, at a, anytime anyone rests, <laughs> the location of their rest it becomes a, a matter of, like, high drama. Any uh, physical contact, too. If a person's hand touches another person's arm, yes. like the camera zooms in and then we talk about it with the panel. I understand that there are cultural differences that are, you know, we are, we navigate anytime we watch a, a, a reality television show from a country that it's not, uh, we are we're not, you know, very familiar with. But this feels like the show, like a show level thing of just like people on Love After Divorce really care about where they sit. Um, <laughs> well, and it doesn't seem like anything's edited. Like, I feel no. like I am watching this in real time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of like it. We'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely keep watching it. <laughs> I mean, sure. Also, American Ninja Warrior this season, kind of cool. They're doing yeah. this thing where they do races, like one-on-one -on -one yeah. races at, at like the second stage of the game. And uh, is Rachel and I watch every episode of American Ninja Warrior. We talk about it very rarely because I think we're we haven't decided if we're you ashamed. You say of rarely, that but I'm pretty sure we talk about it every other episode. Okay, well, this season, <laughs> like, in order to make it to the semifinals, you have to race against somebody, and it's fucking fun to watch two people race on these big fun obstacle courses. Well, and they very intentionally seem to match people up based yeah. on their like similar skills yeah. or body type. So it's been fun to like watch these people who seem relatively evenly matched. Yeah. Friends against friends, lovers against lovers, dads against son. No, I don't think there was a dad. So they made a big deal out of who's going to be the first dad son duo to make it. <laughs> anyway, don't share our media consumption diet. <laughs> it's for professionals only. <laughs> it's for people with two hours a night who don't want to deal with reality anymore. Except. Unless it's reality do. television. What it, yeah. <laughs> Not their reality. Not their reality. Someone else's. Um, hey, you go first this week. What do you got? I do. So my thing this week. Yes. Is smell dating. This is how you tell how old a dinosaur bones is. <laughs> That's a good guess. Paleontologists smell the bones of the dinosaurs. They say this fucking reeks mm -hmm. 65 million years. <laughs> um, so I... Uh, Mm. I've talked about your stink before. 
Yeah. As a stink that I love and I'm partial oh. to. Oh, good. Uh, specifically on this podcast. Right. No, yeah. You don't I talk did... about stuff like that to just, you know, the other parents in Henry's class. No. Or, no, yeah. Okay, cool. Just check. No, out. I've noticed that when I meet other parents, they don't talk about how much they love their partner. As much as I'm ready to do so, it yeah. never comes up. That's so weird. It's never like, this is my husband. I love him so much. That's so weird. <laughs> um, But should it come up? I would love to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, what I uh, found recently on the internet, and I say recently, but actually it's from 2016, is something called smell dating. Okay. Please expound. <laughs> uh, so there was- is this you wear, Can I guess you wear a blindfold to a date, and then you just, you don't talk. You just, just smell, smell. <laughs> just a smell, and then you walk away like, yeah, that was all right. New on Netflix- I really think this could be a show. Love it for smell? Yes. Love is smell? Love is smell. Love is smell. <laughs> um, so it it started in New York, uh, which, you know, of course. All that's where everybody's are, yeah. super crazy. Sex in the city. For the, for the different new trends. A lot of exciting scents there, too. The city of a million smells is what they call it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's real. I didn't make that up. That's real. Um, it, it started out of NYU. It was this pair of researchers that gave folks an opportunity in the city to wear a t-shirt for three days, which is something a lot of us do anyway. <laughs> is it? Three days consecutively? Yes. That's a long time to wear one shirt, I think, for me. I mean, two days. It's just one more day than two days. <laughs> yeah, babe. It's 50% more days. That's a lot. That's a pretty significant increase of days to wear one shirt. So so the instructions, let me get a little more specific here. Please so, do. So the instructions on the Smell Dating website uh, said, we'll send you a t-shirt. You wear the shirt for three days and three nights without deodorant. You return Yuck. the shirt to us in a prepaid envelope. We send you swatches of T-shirts worn by a selection of other individuals. You smell the samples and tell us who you like. If someone whose smell you like likes the smell of you, too, we'll facilitate an exchange of contact information. The rest is up to you. Okay. Now, this is fascinating. Yes, right? And hugely gross, but <laughs> mostly fascinating. I'm, I'm curious why they have to send you a shirt. Why you can't just wear one of your own shirts. I guess maybe people don't want to cut up their shirts or, or. Well, and it's, it's like, it's some way of like controlling the variables, right? Like yeah. what if somebody sends this like shirt blend that doesn't breathe and the That's stink is more powerful, yeah. which would bias the results. <laughs> yeah. You don't want a moisture wicking fabric. I don't. You think. could also reveal a little bit about your fashion. That's true. Which is kind of cheating. Yeah. I only, no information except stink, please. <laughs> um. The thing that is kind of cool about this, so you pay $25, and with what they send you, uh, they don't pay any attention to age, gender, or sexual orientation. So it is just smell. Okay. So it really kind of opens opens the doors for, you know, what kind of person you might interact with. This may lead to some bold revelations of where one is positioned on the Kinsey scale. Right. Based entirely on, and that t-shirt smells good. <laughs> Um, the, the people behind this are, uh, T. 
Tega Brain, an Australian-born artist. Tega Brain? Yes. That's a fucking good name for a scientist, huh? Don't you think? Uh, She is an assisted professor of digital media at NYU. And then Sam Levine, who uh, is an artist and educator. Um, He's taught all over the city and is uh, actually an assistant professor in the Department of Design at UT Austin. Hey, all right. Yeah. And also, I think is the director of Euphoria? Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, this is spelled L-A-V-I-G-N-E. Oh, that's different, dude, then, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, These two got together to um, kind of conduct this experiment, and they they are not tracking user data. Uh, How could they? (laughs) How could they? Oh, man, you'll never believe this guy's smell. It's pungent and earthy. And that's Thomas. So now you all know this. I just think it's interesting that these academics are just kind of doing it for fun, it sounds like. Like they're not going to have, you know, this great huge spreadsheet of data on each person. And, you know, it's it's just more like, uh, like let's see, let's see what happens. Okay, yeah. It, it seems more artistic than scientific, I guess. Um, so what what... Drew me to this is that so in 2016, this happened, and then every media outlet sent some reporter through this experiment. So I found so many testimonials of people that went through this process, uh, and there is definitely some commonalities. Everybody was concerned about their own smell. Of course. Three (laughs) days wearing a shirt. I don't want anyone. I don't want you to smell that. I don't want anyone. I don't want to smell that. I I read about people who on day one intentionally kind of broke the rules and like walked through perfume or used particularly fragrant body wash because you are allowed to shower. Uh, There are people who mentioned going to bakeries. (laughs) Just to get the good bread (laughs) smell on them. That's great. Um. And uh, and then the matches was also interesting. So this kind of really suggested the smell, I guess, of the particular writer, uh, because some people had a lot more matches than other. Okay. Um, so time.com, that reporter had two matches. Uh, the person at Racked had seven matches. Out of 10? Yes. That's, that's huge. Right? How good is that smell? Um, the person at time mentioned that nobody followed up. Oh. Um, but the person from Hello Giggles <laughs> had three matches and they met one for drinks. So wait, the time reporter got zero matches? No, they they got two matches. Oh, but, but no one nobody, followed up. Okay. I was gonna say, up. no, that's a sad thing to have to reveal about yourself on a like I did this whole <laughs> investigative report and um well, my smell is bad. I know everyone else got some, but um, well, uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and it is possible because of the cheating. So the Time Magazine person did not mention any kind of cheating, whereas the person at Racked very specifically said, "Like I really tried to improve my smell." Yeah, that's, in any way you can't that I do could. That. Yeah. Uh, so hello, giggles. So the person met uh one of their matches for a date. Um. And they uh, did not have the best, like, personality match. But their stink alignment was out of sight. Uh, So they met met at a bar for drinks, at which point the writer found out that the person she had met had allergies and couldn't drink beer. Uh, So that that was kind of a a bust. And then (laughs) 
She called the person James and she said, quote, James then spent a good five minutes trying to get me to eat an olive, despite the fact I do not want to eat olives. That's no good. <laughs> um, they 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 talked for a little while and then she left and then she got a text saying, I had a great time tonight and you're charming and fun, but I don't think we are a good match. Sorry. I wish you the best of luck on other smell dates. <laughs> How kind of James. James sounds a little pushy, but, you know, his heart and his stink is in the right place. Um, There was a a story on Business Insider, which I liked uh, because it did seem kind of like an interesting result. So she talked about the whole process, which she said took about a month because first she had to wait two weeks to get the T-shirt and then she sent it back. And then a week later, she received emails from Smell Dating indicating she had matched with two people. Uh, She said she was pleasantly surprised that even though she had no idea whose shirts she had sniffed, the two people she matched with were women, which would have been her gender preference anyway. Huh. So that's just kind of like a fun little result. Yeah, sure. Um. But uh, but yeah, this is this is not happening anymore. So when it was published in 2016, it was kind of like an open call. If you go to the website now, it does still exist, but they are not taking new applications. I mean, it may still be happening in like the un- the underworld of New York City. <laughs> the underworld. Um, I mean, I guess there's lots of ways you could do this on your own. Sure. Pretty much all of them ethically dubious. <laughs> Well, if you're open, if you're upfront, like, hey, I want you to wear this so I can smell it later. Sure. Okay. All right. You're I right. think most, pe- most people would be like, hell yeah, man. Sign me up. <laughs> What's your name? Uh, don't tell me, actually. This is more than words. Uh, so this was open to the first 100 New Yorkers to apply when it first went out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is actually what it was called, but in the Vice article, they called it, quote, the first male odor dating service. Instead mail. of mail order. Oh, like mail odor. I L. No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yes. So um, this is the first boy stink service of its kind. No, it's, it's mail like like postage. So anyway, so I think this could be a reality show. I think so too. I think just the idea that people would get set up. I mean, Netflix always looking for new ways to pair singles together. Yeah. Uh, I think this is an opportunity. Everybody smells. Yeah. You know, and then they smell each other. Yes. And then they pair up and then, you know, and then they have to get married. You've struck gold. <laughs> and then they have to get married immediately. <laughs> is there a famous sommelier that we could get to host it who could be like, Tiffany possessed notes of chestnut? You know, and... I mean, she's not a sommelier, but I heard Padma is leaving Top Chef. Okay. Maybe she'd be into smell dating. Maybe. She's got to do something, right? What's she going to do? I mean, probably nothing. You know, Padma. If I was Padma, I'd just fucking <laughs> kick it, man. I would just kick it and, yeah, that's a good life. She's all set, man. I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's smell dating. Um, thank you. Can I smell you away? Yes. <laughs> It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, There's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis website design 
or website functionality and you think that I could never be that I could never be among their illustrious ranks Griffin if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter would I be able to do that well first of all it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Are you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand the depth of love you have for your guinea pig? When you look around a room of people, do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month? Have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person? Us too. She's Alexis B. Preston. She's Ella McLeod. And we host Comfort Creatures, the show where you can't talk about your pets too much, animal trivia is our love language, and dragons are just as real as dinosaurs. Tune into Comfort Creatures every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Hi everyone, I'm Lara House. And I'm Annabelle Gerwich, and sometimes it feels like the whole world is a dumpster fire. Right? There's too much to worry about. That's why we make Tiny Victories. It's a 15-minute podcast where we celebrate our minor accomplishments and fleeting joys. And listeners call in, like Valerie, who found the perfect gift for her daughter's boyfriend, and Adam, who finally turned his couch cushion the right way. And little happinesses, like how birdsong helps your brain. That's science. So join us in not freaking out for 15 minutes a week. That's Tiny Victories with Annabelle and Laura, Mondays on Maximum Fun. Woo! It's a tiny victory just to make a network promo. Honestly. Uh, my thing this week is uh, an Austin staple. Obviously seeing all of our friends, getting to hang out with them, go swim and watch our kids play together. 
highlight of the trip. Yeah, it had been me. a year since we'd both been back with the boys. That's right. Just below that, and I mean just below that, was all the food that we got to eat. Um, <laughs> all the food that we got to eat again. Uh, DC has like so many great restaurants and we've eaten like at uh, not a ton of places just because we don't have a lot of opportunities for date nights. Uh, but we've gone out and had some incredible food here. Chef Jose Andres, crushing it, crushing the game, every, everything, everything he does. He owns we, yeah. essentially one city block of DC. Where we've he has, like, we've made it a personal goal to try and get to all of those restaurants. Try, try to get to all of them. Um, by the way, if you work at Minibar or have a hookup, um, you know, get, get at me. Um, <laughs> but for me, there's a lot of stuff in Austin that I miss a lot as well. And there's like upscale stuff. Uh, there's like uh, like La Condesa I, I miss, just yeah. like really great uh, Mexican food. There's the whole sort of Tatsuya family, the ramen Tatsuya, Tiki Tatsuya. I will also say we had like 10 years of opportunity to really explore the yeah. food space there. Yeah, uh, that's which, true. Which made it easier, I think, to, to winnow down the list. Right. As it turns out, the one that has left the biggest hole in my heart and the itch that got scratched and was the most satisfying during this visit was Torchy's Tacos. Torchy's Tacos is the subject of my discussion. Yes. Thank you for joining me at my Torchy's Tacos <laughs> talk. Um, Torchy's Tacos is a fast, casual taco chain that started in Austin but has since spread. It's got uh, 80 franchises in seven states, uh, which is impressive considering it was just, you know, a humble food truck uh, on South First Street in, in Austin in 2006. Uh, owner Michael Ripka, uh, sort of just lured in customers with free chips and salsa, and then they would eat the tacos there, and they were very, very, very good tacos. They were damn good tacos, according to the company sort of masthead, uh, which then became sort of the tagline for Torchy's Tacos. They have a whole like sort of devil thing, Torchy's like devil, damn, damn good. I don't know. It's a, it, I mean, it's, it's Satan. He's always getting his fingers in something. <laughs> um. Uh, I want to like just put a disclaimer up front. We are not saying that these are the most authentic. No, no, uh, no, no. In <laughs> fact, if you will let, if you will wait just a minute, I will p make the case that they are deeply inauthentic. Tacos. There are real taco wars in Texas yes. about who has the best taco. Uh, and anytime Torchies gets acknowledgement, there's a whole large group of people that people are like, fucking hate Torchies. They're like, no, that's not real. That's not a thing. But there's room for both of these things. Yeah, I right? agree with you completely. It's like I was looking at a tweet that uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was like, Where's the best tacos in Austin? And it was literally just alternating, like, Gotta get torchies. Don't fucking eat torchies. <laughs> Which, like, I get. There's like very authentic, very, very good tacos in Austin. And then there's also torchies, which is fucking. Also very, very good. Very, very delicious. When we lived in Austin, we were eating torchies like once a week, which was a completely viable food ordering strategy because they have so many good things. They have on a really good salad that I'm partial to. They do. I have that uh, right here. The Airstream salad. Romaine, arugula, and picked mint, avocado, pico de gallo, grilled corn, cojita cheese, pepidou peppers and pistachios with a drizzle of chipotle sauce and a side of champagne vinaigrette. <sighs> sort of an ongoing theme with this sort of menu is their approach is, is pretty non-traditional. Uh, the ingredients of nearly everything on the menu adheres to like a, a fairly maximalist philosophy. Uh, there's very little editing that goes on in these tacos. And as a result, there are some super sloppy boys on here. Um, I want to read just uh, a handful of my favorites. Um, green chili pork taco. That's uh, pork carnitas 
green chilies, cojita cheese, cilantro, onions, and a lime wedge with tomatillo sauce on a corn tortilla. Great. Great. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the least sloppy ones, actually, that there that there is. Um, but so good, so salty. So very, very salty. All of it's salty. Everything on the menu is just deeply salty. <laughs> yeah. uh, fried avocado taco. It's got fried avocados, refried pinto beans, pico de gallo, lettuce, and cheddar jack cheese with poblano sauce on a corn tortilla. So good. So goopy. This is sort of cruel what you're doing right now. You recognize that, right? I got to talk about my favorite. Okay. My alt- This is probably my favorite taco that I've ever eaten. <laughs> And I've eaten so many of them. It's the Baja Shrimp Taco. Fried shrimp, cooked cabbage slaw, pickled onions and jalapenos, cojita cheese, cilantro, and a lime wedge with chipotle sauce on a corn tortilla. Uh, It's so good. It's spicy and salty and good. And it just (laughs) is. uh, My mouth is literally watering so much right now. It's be real time. I won't do that to you again, though. Um, Then they they have, you know, the usual chips and dips. The chips, great, so thin and crispy yeah. and crunchy and, again, so salty, so, so salty. <laughs> Guacamole, really, really good, kind of spicy. Their green chili queso is, like, one of the things that they're known for is queso topped with a dollop of guacamole, fun, cojita cheese, cilantro, and a little ribbon of Diablo sauce, which is just, like, a little spicy sauce. Uh, case, mix in queso is a real weakness for me and Griffin. yes. Because we will always eat too much. Yes. There's no way to stop eating it uh, at a point that is reasonable. We we tend to go until we physically can't lift a chip into our mouth anymore. Yes. Um, so like not high class fare here. Uh, they have one I didn't write down all the ingredients for called the tra- Trailer Park Taco that yeah. has like you can get it with queso, and it also has like fried chicken and shit in it. It's it's so wild. I've never eaten that one because it seems like it would hurt me more than the others already kind of do. Like we, this is the first thing we ate when we visited Austin. We came in like dinner the night we arrived. We got torchies, and I just slammed a Baja shrimp taco and a fried avocado, and had a bunch of green chili queso. And some churros, which I think are a new item on the menu. Yeah, we weren't familiar with that. We went ham, and I did not feel good in the down, like the middle part of my body, Uh but the upper part of my body was (laughs) loving it. Um, And so, yeah, there's lots of people who despise torches because of its sort of inauthenticity, which just kind of seems goofy because there's plenty of incredible places to get very authentic tacos in Austin, and I love those too. That's the thing. I think there is a concern that people will eat these and think these are the best tacos. And it's almost like you want to call them something different because they are the best, uh, and they may not be a traditional taco, but uh, I'm okay with that. La La Condesa offered a cochinita pibil taco for a while that was that's up there might actually be tied might actually be tied with the Baja (laughs) shrimp taco but a much more traditional thing right and then it's yeah anyway there's make room for both folks there's so much good here Uh, Torchy's just scratches Torchy's scratches a specific itch right and there is no other restaurant like it that scratches it in in that same way and that's if I want just like a sloppy zesty salty little guy that's gonna make my tummy hurt but my mouth feel amazing it's it's Torchy's it's torchies for me. Yeah, it's it's kind of whimsical. You know, there's something about eating the tacos there where you're like, oh, I'm just having a good time. And it's obviously there's a nostalgia thing too, right? Like when I moved to Austin, I 
was sort of very nascent in my food appreciation uh, journey. Yeah, uh, you had moved to Chicago and suddenly you were like, right, I moved you to were Chicago open to a start, new world. Right, I started to eat really great food in Chicago because I lived with people who like thought that spending money on that was important, which was a different sort of take from mine, which was I need to fill my body up <laughs> as ch- as cheaply as I possibly can so that I have, you know, more money for more important things or whatever. Uh, and and I ate torchies and it was one of the first things I had and I just never really eaten anything like it. Uh, and then, of course, like the first time I went to uh, a La Condesa or what was the place? I think it was on Burnet that had like all the tile work and fountains and it was like a they had like a queso fundido. Oh, um, you are thinking of. Uh, oh, my God. Fonda San Miguel. Fonda San Miguel. Fucking great. Like amazing. Yeah. Uh, but t- Torchies was like the, one of the first things I ate. And so I think I do have like a bit of nostalgia there for it as well. But um, they are spreading out. There's one in, I think, Williamsburg, Virginia. So like three hours from us, if we wanted to get down there. Um, one of our friends from Austin that lives here now. Well, no, it was Alamo Draft House. I was trying to think like. Yeah, we got a draft house. But yeah. I thought there was a promise of a Torchies. I don't know. There, there's there been a lot of discussion among my friends that have moved here from Austin specifically about what we will get here soon. Uh, okay. I, I thought maybe Torchies was I on mean, the Torchies list. I mean, Torchies is climbing. Sure. Torchies is climbing up the East Coast. It seems yeah. like. So it seems like a matter of time. I'll, I will help them be in business. I will eat. Torchies, you tell me how many tacos I have to eat from you a year to make it make sense for you to have a DC franchise. Um, and we'll we'll you know, we'll help figure that out. But um I get I I, I understand what Torchies is, which is just real just sloppy boys, but damn it if it does not hit the spot every single time that we eat it. So um thank you, Torchies. Thank you, Torchies. Do you want to know what our friends at home are talking about? Yes. Okay. Um, Daniel says, my small wonder this week, man, this is, a, a this is hungry work. My small wonder this week is when you're making yourself or a loved one, a little grilled cheese or quesadilla and a little bit of the cheese spills out onto the frying pan, granting you a surprise, crunchy, cheesy treat. It's the best. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm always surprised when you make grilled cheese for Henry Yeah, and you cut the crust off and then you, you don't automatically eat the crust. I feel like that I would do that every single time. Um, I don't eat the crusts. I usually, okay, so if we're doing this, if you're trying to shame <laughs> me for my food ways, uh, Henry Henry doesn't eat grilled cheese sandwich in the way that people usually do it, which is that you make a grilled cheese sandwich and maybe cut it in half, sometimes cut the crust off, and then you give it Although, to Although, to be honest, person. he might. We have just gotten in a routine of preparing I it. have had him refuse refuse a grilled cheese sandwich I have made him before because it was not in this specific format, really? which is a gingerbread man cookie cutter <laughs> that I can get about four of on a on a regular size grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, and it does not waste very much. Usually there's like a little sort of star in the center that I will eat because that's like right. the heart of the grilled cheese sandwich. But the crust, yeah, I don't, I don't usually mm-hmm. um, opt for that. But yes, I do love the crunchy bit of cheese that c- comes out. That's the best. That uh-huh. is absolutely the best. Um, Tara says, my small wonder is cutting the sleeves off of t-shirts that don't fit so well anymore and getting more use out of old clothes as dope new muscle shirts. Oh, have you ever done this? I don't think you have. Um, I, I, not for a very long time, probably not since college when I, you know, my arms were fucking huge. (laughs) So 
big and from muscly. lifting all those Mountain Dews. From lifting. What a hateful <laughs> thing! I'm sorry. Sometimes- college is when I got college is when I got really bad kidney stones and stopped drinking soda. So now there's egg on your face. But then again. My doctor told me to just stop drinking brown soda. Dark soda, huh? So I probably, I have not, Mountain Dew is one of those things that I did sure used to drink a lot of in my youth, and then I don't anymore, but then like maybe once a year, I'll have a Mountain Dew, and it's so good. (laughs) It's so good. On a hot day, a cold dew is so good. You're looking at me right now with zero recognition. (laughs) I didn't grow up drinking it. No, well, you were you were denied a lot of life's well great for pleasures. a long time. There was uh, a hypothesis that I was allergic to caffeine, and right. so I'm not going to have Mountain Dew. And then I kind of aged out. I feel of like. your non-existent <laughs> caffeine allergy. Well, no, I aged out of the period in which I probably would have consumed the most Mountain Dew. You've never had a Baja Blast. No. You've never been Baja Blasted once, in <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> you gotta get Baja. <laughs> you got to it's so good it's really good it's very spicy on the tongue the the carbonation it, and the, the caffeine will make you go absolutely <laughs> ape shit in fact i'm thinking about it right now maybe you shouldn't do mountain dew because i do feel like my body even though i don't drink it that much anymore has a deep sort of inoculation in my bones to Mountain Dew. Uh-huh. I feel like if you drank it, you would go absolutely haywire. Probably. You would go bananas. <laughs> um, speaking of cutting the sleeves off of shirts, I like cutting out the little neck on a shirt. Sure. Because uh, a lot of times like a like a standard t-shirt is a little too tight around the neck and yeah. it doesn't feel particularly fashionable. You cut that neck out and all of a sudden you've got like a look. Yeah, you know? sure. Absolutely. I've never done that before, but I just wanted to make sure that it was known that um, There's that lots was ways an you option. Can cut things out, mm-hmm. sure. You cut a little hole out of the, just the middle of it, eh. just a little belly button window. Uh-huh. Hello. <laughs> Thanks to Bowen and Augustus for use for our song "Money Won't Pay." It's our theme song. It's not just our song. <laughs> It's our songs. Our first dance at our wedding was Money Won't Pay by Bowen and Augustus. <laughs> Thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there. Uh, we got new merch over at McElroyMerch.com, including a Clint the Plains Walking Janitor sticker that I adore so much. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, and, and there's some other stuff there, too. And we got some shows coming up. Uh, Seattle, we're coming at you during PAX. Uh, I think we're doing some New York Comic Con stuff. Uh, you can check all that out at uh, McElroy.Family. You know get there and thank you all so much thank you for listening thank you for being here i want to eat torches tacos see and this is the, the cruelty behind it what you did so bad. not just to us but to our listeners who may not have access to a torches no but those who do please just think of think of us <laughs> think of us fondly when you eat the tacos that's beautiful MaximumFun.org.
Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.